Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 you're listening to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow and iheart radio station Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Joining me now, personal financial editor with IB Times, Lauren Lyons-Cole. How are you, Lauren? Good. How are you, Rob? I'm well. I think I've talked to you before once or twice when you were with a different group. Yeah. Excited to be um, back on with you again today. Absolutely. You're a CFP. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I am a certified financial planner. I work with clients um, in a broad range, but I work with a lot of young people, so I get to see firsthand what financial issues millennials are struggling with. Let's talk about millennials. Um, The media has this perception of them that's kind of skewed because of television shows like Girls. They're 18 to 25 entitled, 18 to 35, I guess, um, entitled young, smart, uh, lazy. Um, What's your definition of millennial? You know, I think millennials get a bad rap. I mean, overall, actually, because they've graduated into this difficult economy, millennials are taking really good steps with their money. In fact, they're more conservative than many of the older generations, um, which could serve them well in some ways and and could actually be a hindrance in other ways. I spoke to a conference at Visa where they asked me to speak to millennials, and what shocked me the most was uh, in their 401k, they were staying in cash. Yes. So, this is a huge issue. Um, millennials, in fact, there's a record amount of cash in 401ks in general, and most of that cash belongs to millennials. And this is very concerning since millennials have the longest time horizon before retirement. So you're recently a um, financial editor. So what's that mean? What's it, what do you get to do? Do you get to tell your writers a direction to take? Because as a financial planner, you would have a, an excellent opportunity to do that. Yeah, I think one of the things we're trying to do with the Millennial Money Series at International Business Times is really to encourage millennials and to help them understand, you know, to make sense of their financial uh, choices that they're making and never to talk down to people. What we really want to do is, you know, help millennials know that we understand where they're coming from um, and then give them action steps. People love to-do lists, so um, we're all about empowering people to make good decisions so that they can grow their wealth in the long run. When I get a call from someone who's 60 and they've got $40,000, they ask me what they should do for retirement. I'm like, basically work till the day you die, try to get healthy. But I love the millennials action because you've got a long time. You've got 40, 50, 60 years before you retire. So um, time is probably the most valuable thing to a millennial, and they have it. Exactly. You know, we hear that historically the stock market goes up, you know, 8% on average 
over time, but very few years actually have an 8% return. So most years, you know, it might be up a lot, it might be down a lot, but millennials have the benefit, even though they're afraid of investing and getting into the stock market and they have seen their parents get burned perhaps in recent years, but they have the time to ride those waves. And in the long run, their balances will grow and they'll be in a much better position uh, than some of their, their parents might be. I can speak well of that because um, what you talked about is having that fear. I consider myself a grayback or a silverback gorilla. I'm, a, I'm one of the older mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. But some of the young weather girls at the television station that I work at, they ask me, they're like, this looks French to me. Can you just make the decisions for me? I'm like, I can. I shouldn't, mm-hmm. but I can. Um, but I also try to hold their hands through it and say, okay, you need a little small cap. You need a little mid cap. You need a little large cap. You need a little international and a little income. That's a good start. Yeah, you raise a good point because for young employees, you can look to some of perhaps your boss or or older employees and ask for help because they've been through it. Um, But if you don't have access to that sort of advice, it doesn't hurt to just default into a target date retirement fund in your 401k and, you know, identify the one that matches up most closely when you'll be around 65, around retirement age. And that's a good, easy step to get started instead of leaving the money in cash. Speaking with Lauren Lyons-Cole, she's representing um, International Business Times. She's the personal financial editor, talking a little millennial money um, on the series on that. Um, 401k, probably the most powerful tool, or 403b for a a millennial, would you say? Yeah, either, you know, if you have one at work, absolutely, especially if there's a matching from your employer. Of course, another great uh, retirement account, which we all talk about so often, is the Roth IRA. Uh, and when you're young and can contribute at, for 2015 up to $5,500, if you invest that money, even in just a target date fund, or if you can have someone help you with the allocations, over time, as that money grows, you'll never have to pay taxes on that money again because you contribute with after-tax dollars today. So the Roth IRA, when you're young and have the benefit of time, can be a really powerful retirement savings tool. Uh, And then, of course, the 401k when you're getting matching or if you want to save even more than $5,500 a year is uh, also very, very powerful. What's your thoughts on – sometimes I get approached by younger people and they want to do the penny stocks or they want to do the the tech stocks or – uh, say, for instance, Netflix or the riskier stocks. I'm young. I'll, I'll take more risk. How do you respond to them? You know, I think a good way to get started is you can use Google Finance and set up a portfolio there. Um, and without actually putting any money in, you could pretend to be investing. Uh, so add in stocks like if you're interested in Netflix, which, by the way, is incredibly volatile, uh, or if you're interested in Amazon or Apple, these Facebook, these sorts of stocks that we're familiar with because we use them on a day-to-day basis, start tracking them um, in Google Finance and watch what that volatility looks like. So um, over time, you get a sense of if that's something that you can really stomach or not. And if you get very, you know, I always encourage people, if you get interested in investing, by all means, educate yourself and do it. But just know that most people who are making good money from investing in stocks spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week researching it. And so, you know, I've got a lot of friends like that and they're making good money, but it's it's a all-in full-time effort on, on their part. I tend to say something very similar. I tend to say once you get 100000 if you want to put $10,000 in something silly like Disney or Nike, yeah. something that was around when you were a little kid, it's fine. And then do that for a year and see how it goes. And don't go all in, per se, because uh, the Lululemons, they sometimes come and sometimes they go, and sometimes they come and they keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming. But yeah, um, a lot of people make the mistake of um, too much risk too early on, and then they get that bad taste in their mouth. 
It's very true, especially with um, with some of these, like you said, some of these younger companies that don't have a proven, or they might have a proven business model, but it's not necessarily um, transitioned into a blue chip stock, as we call it. Like you mentioned, Disney or Coca-Cola, these companies that we grew up with and uh, are relatively stable. They have a lot of cash. They're um, less likely to go under with um, one bad turn. Now, when you're speaking with a millennial, Lauren, are you more likely... A lot of people like to invest in what they know, and they know that the stock market's been volatile in the last 10 years, and millennials, that's all they've seen. So they're kind of scared. But what do you think about, like, international investing, emerging markets investing, um, maybe small-cap U.S. investing? How do you get the millennial educated enough to go where they're a little uncomfortable? So those are all essential parts of a healthy portfolio, especially when you're young. International investments, particularly emerging markets and also small cap domestic stocks, um, are more risky. And so they have the potential to actually return higher rates than perhaps, you know, Disney or these, these more established companies that are a little bit clunkier, slower moving. Um, but they also have the potential to go down quite a bit. And so I think the best way to get into those it's very, very hard to actually understand the nuances of, of companies in that environment. So you're better off looking for an ETF or a mutual fund that focuses on it for you. And here comes your softball, Lauren. Any last things that you want to throw out? Any last ideas to get people motivated? Maybe a website, maybe information about yourself, anything you want to talk about? Well, you can always go to the International Business Times Millennial Money section because we're constantly publishing new um, relevant information for our readers. Um, but, you know, another great thing just to say today as an action step for anyone who's listening is to log into your employer, employee benefit portal and increase your 401k contribution by 1%, 2%, Do it today. Why not? You won't even notice. Thanks very much. Thank you, Rob. Lauren Lyons-Cole, she's awesome. As a CFP, let me, again... On occasion, I'm going to break, you know, my character, you know, save money, get to retirement. I'll do, you know, tough love. I love seeing a CFP that's a female that talks money, that talks millennials, that doesn't make people feel stupid. Um, the 21st century is bringing in, it's opening the door for a lot more financial information that's not, I'm smarter than you, or I've got an app and you don't, or I've got an office with, like, nice marble and you don't, and nice marble equals I'm wealthy um, I hate that side of the financial industry, and that's so – I don't want to say early 20th century because it's, it's late 20th century, but I'm so happy to be in the 21st century where people can communicate about information a little bit easier, a little bit smoother. So with that being said, uh, that's Lauren Lyons-Cole, and you can find her at ivytimes.com. That's ivytimes.com. Switching back to our markets um, and what we're doing, it's we're wrapping up the end of the year, and I don't want you to be upset. I don't want you to be scared. Um, you know, the Dow's down uh, 2% for the year, maybe a little bit more. After today, the S&P 500's down less than 1%. The NASDAQ's up 5.7%. Now, again, the markets have had a glorious six years run. And anyone that tells you that, like, real estate's better than the stock market, take a look at the last six years. Take a look at what happens when you put money in the market when it is down. You're buying at a lower cost. That's wonderful. A house is a static liability. So you buy it in the year 2006, you sell it in the year 2030. Whereas investing, you continue to pump money into it on a regular basis. So when you actually get lower markets, you're happy. So it's an odd way of thinking, but it's a great way of thinking. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The number one thing you have to overcome, the number one thing you have to do to be a successful investor is overcoming your fears. 
you have to look at the, the stock market chart and basically every kind of douchey financial planner, um, financial expert has one of them in their office. It's a chart of the stock market in the last 80 years, 90 years, and it, it's it's like that teeter-totter. You know, the teeter-totter on when one fat kid's on the, on, on the one side, and it just slowly goes up, slowly goes up, slowly goes up. It's not at a 45-degree angle, but it's at a very nice angle over time. You don't notice the downs. You don't notice the shocks when you take a look at the big picture. The short-term you do. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Just a screen.